Welcome to Ditch the Dogma with Paula Marie Davis, the podcast that empowers women to break free from conventional wellness beliefs and encourages them to think for themselves. Our goal is to inspire you to listen to your body and become the only guru you will ever need. And there's more. Did you know that you can actually watch our podcast on Spotify? That's right. Join us for an immersion experience that takes our discussions to the next level. Be sure to check us out on Spotify to catch each and every episode. Join us on our journey to challenge the status quo and embrace a healthier, more fulfilling life that you will absolutely love. Thank you for tuning in to Ditch the Dogma. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Kate, welcome to Ditch the Dogma. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Paula. I'm excited to be here as well. What do you have for me? Since I have no experience in astrology, I will set the tone here. I know nothing other than I was born in June and I'm a cancer. Oh, I so, was born in June. I'm a cancer as well. Very interesting. Oh, wow. What's yeah, your birthday? June 23rd. I'm the 24th. Maybe mm -hmm. you can tell us what that means somewhere in the podcast. Oh, um, you could give us a little bit of a behind the scenes, like a short recap of how you ended up focusing on astrology, what led to it, a little bit about your life, and you can take it from there. Sounds good. It's kind of funny how life works that if you are going down a certain path, specific things will happen to you and keep nudging you to go in a different direction. I never set out to be an astrologer, but I grew up with it all of my life. My grandmother who lived with us probably from around the time I was in seventh grade until her death, several decades later, she was into astrology and numerology and things like that, even though we were Catholic. And every week when I would get her mail and bring it upstairs to her, she would always have astrology magazine subscriptions and things like that. So I would bring those up to her and we would read them together. I was at the time, of course, always looking for, gosh, will I ever get married or have a family or all the questions that a 12 year old would be thinking about. But, um, I never really took this seriously. I thought it was more of a hobby, something that I would actually turn to when I was going through difficult times of my life, that's really how a lot of people come about astrology is when they're looking for more answers. Even though, as I said, I was a Christian, I was like, went to Catholic schools. I, it was something that was kind of taboo, right, back then. Mm -hmm. But it was also something that during times of crisis or when things don't seem to make sense, astrology can really help you make sense of things that are going on in your life. It was around the time of the pandemic and the lockdowns happened. I realized that I had to pivot my skincare and cosmetic website and decided to hire a branding expert who walked me through a process of the right brand for me so that I can have a presence on the internet and people could find me. So she's walking me through things. And one of the things that she was asking me was, what is the thing that you do that you lose track of all space and time? You forget to eat, you forget to go to the bathroom. What are you doing? And I was thinking, well, oh gosh, I'm watching astrology videos. I'm listening to astrology podcasts. I'm reading books on astrology. I'm looking at charts. 
and specifically my chart, right? And, and then she, and I said, but this has nothing to do with my brand. She's like, oh no, that is who you are. So it does need to be a part of your brand. I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause I'm a beauty blogger. So this has nothing to do with what I'm doing. And she's like, you need to incorporate that. But long story short, I started to take it more seriously. I started to realize that maybe my hobby isn't just a hobby. Maybe it's something, um, more to what I'm supposed to be doing. So I did get professionally certified. I went through a few years of training and what I found as I dug more deeply into my chart and started playing around with different house systems and things like that, I actually am meant to be an astrologer, that I am meant to help counsel women specifically, middle-aged women specifically. It shows all over my chart, the things that the specific gifts and talents that I have that are good at translating a language, the language of the stars. And that's how I got into it. It was really not something that I had set out to do. I kind of got pushed into it. I find it so meaningful and fulfilling, quite honestly. It's funny when you were talking and telling your story about your grandmother, my grandma was really big on the horoscope in the paper. And we would read it all the time. And my grandmother never put the rosary down. We were raised Catholic. We grew up in Christian circles. And there was, like you said, that taboo associated with astrology. But we would read the horoscope. And the one thing I remember, I do know something. I do know that cancers are exceptionally emotional people. And I have always been, like, my feelings are, like, plastered all over the outside of my body. And that resonated with me. And I would read that in my horoscope. And I found that really interesting. I'm curious, we're touching a bit on this taboo. What are some of the common misconceptions about astrology? How do you dispel them? How do you make women feel more comfortable if they have a boundary that they want to protect, like a particular religion that they practice or some fear associated with astrology? One of the biggest misconceptions I see is that people think that astrology is a religion or it's anti-religion when it's the furthest thing from the truth, because first of all, there's no worship involved. I'm not worshiping planets. This is something that goes beyond religion, really encompasses any religion or non-religion it's more of a spiritual practice that is divinely appointed the way I look at it. Even in Genesis, it speaks about God creating the heavens and the earth and every star in the sky and every grain of sand. And it was good. It doesn't say that the devil created the heavens. No, it says God created the heavens. And the wise men were astrologers. In fact, every person who had some kind of professional occupation, even doctors had to have a master's in astrology way back when. I really don't try to convince anyone who is not into it if they feel so strongly about what they think that astrology is. I, unless they're asking me what I think, I don't try to change people's minds because that's very personal. And when I do look at people's charts, you can see how some people are very, okay, kind of dogmatic about what they are going to believe and what they are not going to believe. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to waste my time. And this is another biblical um, 
verse that it was by Jesus who said that don't try to convince the people who cannot hear, put on your shoes and move to the next town or something, right. something along those lines. Kick off the dust on Kick your Kick off the dust. Don't, don't waste your time because it's, it's not my job to try to convince people. I do think there's such depth to life. There are many wonderful contemplative practices that I have pulled from my Catholic tradition, but there are also um, practices from other religions that I have found exceptionally beneficial to the point where I believe my connection with my creator has deepened and become even greater because I have been willing to kind of step outside of what I have been taught to kind of figure it out for myself. I really believe that one of the things that holds women back, that's why this is called ditch the dogma, is this idea that we adopt beliefs. We don't sit down and do the work. So if you have a client who's a little skeptical, how do you introduce astrology? And where is a place that you start? Because there's so much to learn about mm -hmm. the practice. If I'm talking to someone who has never had their chart done, and within the first few minutes of this reading that I do over Zoom, they will see that I'm telling them parts of themselves that they might not have even told anyone else. I'm getting right to the heart of who they are. They might have some yearning that they've had in their heart of something that they've wanted to do career-wise or things that they believe in or parts of their personality that only people closest to them actually know. And if I'm telling them that it kind of validates and it's just like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting. That's why I think this is such a beautiful representation of God's divine purpose for all of us, that we are created so unique from one another. It is so divinely appointed. It's so, so crazy how something this intricate and spot on cannot be random. And for any of the people out there listening who are saying, well, gosh, I read my horoscope in the newspaper every week and it has nothing to do with who I am or what I'm doing. And for those people, I would say that is a horoscope. Those are very general and those typically do not ring true. First of all, because you should be looking at your rising sign in the newspaper. Because when someone is writing those horoscopes, they're basing it on the, the house systems. And your sun sign may not be in the first house. So if you're looking at the horoscope in the newspaper, if you know your rising sign, that is the sign you should be looking at and it might ring more true to you. But still, this is a very, very broad generalization. And that is not what astrology is. The first place that I start when I'm looking at people's charts is to get a sense of who this person is. And so that is obviously their sun sign, which is the core of who you are. As such, you are a cancer, so am I, but we are both different people, right? We, I'm sure we have a lot of similarities in our personalities, but I have a Virgo moon, which makes me not as emotional as you. So I'm not, I don't know what your moon sign is, but your moon sign speaks about what your emotions are. So being that I have a moon sign in an earth sign, 
and it's in the 12th house. So I can be very detached. There's very few things that can make me cry. I can be very stoic. I can be very right to the point. I actually think more than I intuit things, but I, that's where my cancer of sun comes in because I can blend both my intuition and my thinking together, which is why I'm good at what I do with reading charts. But in addition to that, you have your rising sign. This is why you need to not only have your date of birth, but you need your exact time of birth because that is going to show you where your rising sign is gonna be. And that sets your whole chart into motion. Every four minutes, the rising signs will change and okay. your rising sign is actually your, it, people sometimes call it your mask that you wear. I don't like to call it that. I like to call it more of your meet and greet personality. People that don't know who you are, don't really know who Paula is. They don't know anything more than your name or it's the first impression that they have when they see you. And so this is why those three planets and then all the aspects that it's making to the other planets in your chart, why it really gives a very complex and personal description of mm -hmm. who you are and who you were born to be and in your place in the world. So it's actually quite fascinating. So you're looking at this chart and you know something about someone. This isn't prophetic. This isn't like predictive. This isn't coming from God down to you. This is, could you explain how the charts, how that actually, is there a simple explanation? There, is, there is a simple explanation. It's translating a language. It's a language that anyone can learn. It is very complex. I will give you that. Not everyone has the patience for that or the, really the interest. You have to really be into this for this to be something that you would chase after. But anyone can go to some free websites like astro.com and put in your birth data and look at and pull up your chart. But your chart, you may not understand how to read it unless you understood what all of the glyphs meant, each planet, each placement, each sign, each house, all of that. And what an astrologer does is translate the meaning behind the placements. And the placements are done. So when you put in someone's birthday, the city of birth, exact time of birth, and then pull up their chart, it will have a configuration in the sky. It's basically like you just did a screenshot of the sky at the exact moment you took your first breath. That sets your chart in motion. That is you for your whole lifetime. It shows specific talents that you have. It shows specific challenges that you will encounter um, or it's different things in your personality that you might have to overcome. It shows the type of people you're going to be attracted to, the how many marriage partners, if you're going to have children. You can see the career that you would be most suited for, the place of work, the type of health you will have, if you have any health issues. I could see the fact that my son, that I was gonna, actually, I, good thing I didn't notice this way back when, but I can see now in my chart that I would have a child with spina bifida. In fact, it also shows in his chart 
that he has spina bifida. I can see if someone's been adopted, which again, I think this is so beautiful because what does that mean? That a lot of things that you, that we take for granted or we feel like victims for have already been preordained to some degree that the person that carried you and brought you into this world was not meant to be your mother. She was the vehicle to get you here. And the person that raised you is actually your mother because it'll show in her chart too, that she was going to adopt you. It's so beautiful that, that it's really hard to feel like a victim or it's hard to really see people in a bad light if you understand that there's certain things that we are going to encounter in our lifetime. And I'm not saying that all of this is preordained in effect that it's fated, that okay. you're, gonna, you're fated to, this is gonna happen to you and that's gonna happen to you. We do have free will. I had free will where I could have not had him. I could have aborted him. I was given that choice uh, by my doctor, okay? Mm. But I knew he was meant to be born. But we have choices throughout our lifetime. We have so many ways that we can express the things in our charts, but our charts show us our fullest potential. It shows us some of the gifts that we may not tap into because we don't understand that is actually a gift. And that's another thing that when I'm talking to women and I'm saying, well, you're really good at this. And did you ever consider yourself to be a writer? And people take things for granted. Uh, and don't realize that some of the things that come easily to them are actually a part of our purpose and to be used in the world to help others or move the ball forward in some way. I think that is so beautiful and speaks to something that is really important to me. I want women to take authority over their lives, to really figure out like in wellness in particular, why do you believe what you believe about wellness? Why is it that you believe what you believe about astrology? Why is it that you believe what you believe about a church or a religion? And I think that you made the comment because initially when you were talking, you were, you know, you were saying that everything was predetermined. And so there was a little bit of me that was just like, okay, whoa, wait a second. I have authority over my life. But then you went right into the fact that we do have choices to make but that our gifts are our gifts, that we were put here with a purpose. We were put here to have a particular kind of life. And that is our life's journey to figure out why we're here and what we were supposed to do and the role that we're supposed to play. And I liked that, that you address this, that we not only have this authority, but that it can give us direction. So when a woman comes to you and you're sitting down and you're experiencing or reading something that could be perceived as negative or as a struggle, do you share it in a way that does not put any sense of attachment to it so that they can figure it out for themselves? Can you speak to that? Yes. Typically when I'm doing a reading for someone, first of all, there is an intake form that they fill out that will address any specific things that they want me to look at. Because if someone just says, just look at my chart, I could look at it for literally days. I'm still looking at my chart every single day and everything, every day I find out something new about myself. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I kind of have to zone in and see what people are wanting to know about. What are the questions that they're looking to uncover or the answers to? I'm not going to say, oh, by the way, did you know that next year you're going to get hit by a car? There's no way for me to mm -hmm. even predict that. People are coming to me because of usually it's a career thing. Like I've been raising my kids for so many years. Now they're all going off to college. I am now feeling stuck and confused on wh what I should be doing. I'm feeling like there's more to my life. There's more living to be done, but I just have no clue as to what that should be and why I'm feeling so blah. So I, I can see by looking at their charts, like someone I spoke to just a few weeks ago was really looking for a career guidance type thing. And then I did see that there was some turbulence in their marriage. Okay. But that's not what they're calling me about. That's not what they were searching for. And it was not my place at that point. I kept stopping and saying, do you have any other questions or are you with me? Does, is this making sense? And yes, yes, yes. Everything's good. And then at the end of it, this person said, okay, everything was like, you took the words right out of my mouth for a lot of those things. And I feel validated. I feel understood. I feel like I have a clearer idea on the direction that I should go in regards to my business because she had a business that she was wondering if she should keep going with it or pivot. And, but then she's like, but did you see anything there about my marriage? I did see as well that, that they were going through a time of turbulence, but I also saw that there was going to be certain things that if they worked through those, that it would resolve itself in a positive way. Because you could see with transits and things coming up in the future that it was going to resolve itself in a good way. There's a, a type of astrology called synastry which is really about comparing two charts between two people to see if there is a match and mm -hmm. where some of the issues could be. I don't feel strong enough in that area. So I don't do charts like that. Mine is more when people are looking for what is my purpose? What career should I be in? What's going on with me now? Because there was another woman who was really struggling with just feeling out of sorts. And she said, if you looked on paper, my life is perfect. There's nothing wrong. I've got money in the bank. I'm enjoying what I'm doing every day. My kids are good. Everything's fine. Why do I just feel so unhappy and unsettled? And I could see some of these progressed transits going on. I could see she's going through her second Saturn return. But the good thing about it was that I could also see a specific date and time when things would shift. I gave her a date and she said, oh my gosh, that's the date that we are actually closing on our new vacation home. And I said, yeah, well, that's the date that your life is changing in a positive way. And she was just like, Bold over with the fact, like, how did you know that? I'm like, well, it's, again, it's the precision of the universe. Things unfold the way they are supposed to. And she was in this period because she was supposed to be more contemplative. I told her, you need to be writing. You need to be journaling. And she said, wow, that's so weird that you're saying that because I've been having this feeling 
that I needed to be doing that, but I had no idea what basis this was coming from because I'm not a writer. It's interesting that we are sometimes nudged into a time of contemplation or a time of going within and figuring out what is that next step. When I look at wellness in particular, for me, wellness isn't about diets and food dogma. It's about figuring out how to nourish your body, how to connect physically, emotionally, spiritually, that it all comes together. We nourish our bodies with food. We also nourish our bodies with activities and with movement, and we can give ourselves negative thoughts and positive thoughts. There's so many different elements that come into play. Is it possible from an astrological perspective to figure out how to help a woman determine what wellness would look like for her? I don't even like the word wellness. What does well-being look like for her. Can you tell us how from an astrological perspective, someone who's trying to customize a well-being routine for themselves that really suits them, their inner knowing, their intuitive nature, even down to loving the foods that they eat. Is there a way to do that? There absolutely is. This is what's so fascinating. Any area of your life that you are questioning, there's an answer astrologically. God programmed us with instructions on how to live the best we can. And one of those things is with the sixth house. The sixth house in astrology represents your health, your daily routines. It even indicates work as opposed to career. For someone who has their sixth house in Pisces, for example, they might have more of a practice of yoga or things that might be a little bit more spiritual in nature, more free-flowing and instead of some hardcore weightlifting. You could also see if they have any planets in that sixth house, like Saturn. Saturn is the taskmaster, the timekeeper, and actually just forcing you to do things in a certain regimented way. Or where's your Mars in your chart? Because your Mars shows how you like to be active. It's your passion, but it's also your kick in the pants and get up and go. So I have my Mars in Gemini, which means that I like to change things up as far as the way I like to work out. I don't like doing the same thing every single day. And if I do something every single day for a while, I will just get sick of it and then move on and do something else. So I need the variety so that would be like Mars and Gemini. As far as wellness goes, yeah, this is where your moon sign can come in as well. What makes you feel comforted and nourished? Your moon sign represents your emotions and, and what brings you comfort. And a lot of times we associate food with nourishment as well. So looking at where your moon is, looking at your sixth house of daily routines and health says a lot about a person. For example, if a woman feels like she's always hungry and never satiated and constantly in need of nourishment, she believes from food, that those wires could be a little tripped up. It could be an emotional, we know there's emotional eating and that's common sense, but you would be able to maybe pinpoint an area where that woman might be able to get the nourishment she needs emotionally so that the food itself would not be as, 
I don't want to say powerful because we don't want to associate power to food, but just it, the draw to it wouldn't be as strong. Right. I would also assume that maybe if somebody is in need of connection, maybe it is that walk. Maybe it is getting outside with nature. Maybe she's drawn to nature, but doesn't like the idea of putting on the boots and the coat and the weather and all of that. Maybe this would be a way to open a door for her that really your soul is calling you to get out. I am raising a 11 week old puppy at the moment and nothing has been more satisfying during the last four weeks, despite the erratic weather in Chicago, mm -hmm. because we've been everything in March from snow to 15 degrees to 60 degrees. But I have found that I really needed this time outside for myself, dealing with some health issues that I've had. It, it's been very relaxing and very calming. And I made the comment to my husband, the puppy came at the right time. He really showed up in this time when I needed it. And I could have said, oh, forget it. Here's a chew toy. We're not going outside. I opened myself up to that possibility and have been served in such a beautiful way that I hadn't anticipated. So does that make sense to you? It makes total sense. And another thing to be aware of is that your first house in astrology represents your physical body. And sometimes when you have a planet such as Jupiter in your first house, which is all about expansion, like let's say Jupiter is transiting through your first house, you might have a hard time with weight gain. There are certain transits that can really affect your body. No matter what you do, you're just wondering, why is the weight sticking with me? Or why do I have this insatiable need to just keep eating sweets? Or what's going on right now? Why can't I just stick to a healthy diet? All these, all these questions that don't seem to make sense, there usually is a reason that can be seen in your chart. And the good news is, it will pass. Everything moves on, right? Some planets take longer than others, like Jupiter, if it is transiting into one of your houses, that will take a year to go through. So it's not as quickly as something like Mars, Venus, Mercury, the sun or the moon. I'm definitely curious to learn more. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram. Yes. Okay. So Enneagram is something that I've studied for quite some time. And I remember the first time that I was able to determine what my Enneagram is, I wasn't happy. I was like, that's not the one I would pick. That's not who I am. And as I dove into the study, I was like, oh yeah, that's who I am. What I really loved about the Enneagram was the idea that we really are all of these personalities. It's just that at birth, we take on a particular one. Some people believe it's environment. Some people believe it's a gift from God. It's just, you know, who you are from that moment. And we want to figure out how to wholly be all of the personalities and the healthy aspects of it versus this combination, which is the human story, the hero's journey through the ups and downs and the struggles of life, because we have a tendency to not always make the best choices for ourselves. So from an astrological perspective, it's not just one and done. You do have this ability to cultivate, maybe pick and choose what serves you or, or not. Right. And I do believe that our purpose changes a lot mm -hmm. as our life evolves, right? 
because your purpose at the age of 23 is not the same purpose you have at 45 or 65, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that I find interesting is that, okay, so I am an Enneagram three. I'm not sure if I'm more of a wing four or a, a wing two. Okay, I can go either way when I look at, at those. So I don't really know as much about it as you do. But there's a lot of the same similarities that I find if I'm doing a Myers-Briggs test, if mm-hmm. I'm doing an Enneagram, if I'm doing the Strengths Finder. Okay. I've taken all those because I love all those tests and personality quizzes and things. But it will all say the same things, basically, in different depths. What's interesting, though, about astrology, it will say a lot of the same things that you're going to find out with Enneagram or with even numerology. That's pretty interesting, too. But you see how it evolves. You can chart your life as things are coming up. You can see what's going on in your chart and make sense of things and know when that difficult chapter is going to be over. That's what I like. Or what am I supposed to be learning during this period of time? I definitely desire a growth mindset over a fixed mindset any day. Mm -hmm. I, I always want to be in a sense of discovery. And as I have gotten older. I'm 56. I'll be 57 in the summertime. Me and too. We're going to go out. Yeah. We, we gotta, we to, but this idea that, you know, that I want this growth mindset, I always want to be in discovery, especially self-discovery, because as I've aged and become a bit more humble and recognize the things around me, the only thing I can fix or attempt to fix or to work on is myself. Right now, everything, I, I have, my life's going like exceptionally well, so I don't even want to pick on anything. But at a time when you want to kill your spouse or your kids are driving you nuts or whatever, I have found is I gained lived experience through my 40s and through my 50s and through that roller coaster ride that generally, if I just worked on me, I would find what I needed and maybe what I needed to model for someone else in order to get what it was that I wanted from them in return. And self-discovery for me is a combination of so many different practices. And I love that now I'm intrigued to bring astrology into it as well. And I so appreciate you for taking your time and coming out and talking to us about this. You tend to work with a lot of women that are my age, your age, are just trying to figure out what's next in their life. So if women wanted to connect with you, tell us all the things, you know, where, where they go to find you on the internet, but also what would be the first step for them to say, Hey, you know what? I want to start learning a little bit before they jump into astrology. What would your first suggestion for them to do on their own to see if this is something that they might want to use as a self-discovery tool? Well, let's see. One thing that they could do is either subscribe to my newsletter, um, Mm -hmm. which is found on my website, katecook.net. And that's C-A-T-E-C-O-O-K.net. Because I do send out weekly posts, which really are not too... It is astrology-based, but it's based on the non-astrologers take on what this means. I just sent one out this morning about Pluto that just moved into Aquarius today. It will be there for the next, it'll go back and forth to Capricorn over the next couple of months, but it will 
be in Aquarius until the year 2044. So there's going to be a lot of technology advances, a lot of focuses on spirituality and really kind of like Star Trek type of thing. So kind of crazy times ahead, but for someone who has no astrological knowledge, another thing to do, if you follow me on Instagram at the real Kate cook, I do little videos every day for about a minute that really talk about the transits that middle-aged women go through because we do have at least eight major planetary transits that happen during our midlife that spur a lot of change. It, it, this is a lot of time when you, you say you have a midlife crisis, and of course this is for men as well, but it's just times where we are really kind of forced to evaluate or reevaluate who we are, what we want out of life, what the next 30 years or, or hopefully more mean to us. I also do workshops. We're both in the Chicagoland area, but I do workshops which help people to look up their own charts. And I also provide a lot of PDFs and things like that. Just doing a very basic, what each of the glyphs mean in your chart, what each of the signs mean, what each of the houses mean. So you could almost like cookbook it and look at your chart and say, taste. okay, what does this picture mean? And then you go over here and you say, okay, that's that. And this is what it means. And what does this mean? And then go over here and this is what that means to kind of get like a general idea about sun, moon rising, where your nodes are. I'm not going to go into all the details above the non-astrologer's head, but that's a good way to just dabble, I think. I definitely think that little bits and pieces is a way to go. I was always focused on the sun. For the me, source was sun. I would get up with the sunrise and everything in my life was about sun. I just wanted that sunrise every day. I wanted to see that sunset, but yet the moon didn't do much for me. And I didn't realize until I had gone through self-exploration that the darkness, I had a lot of fear associated to dark. And I think some of it came from my Christian roots because everything is about light, 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 and avoid dark, 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 because all the bad things are in the dark. But there's also glory that comes from the dark and from the moon. And it took my willingness to go into places that were uncomfortable for me, into that fear, to actually now be just as moved and just as invigorated by the moonlight as I am by the sunlight. And now you've introduced me to the stars. And I just think that is so wonderful that I can have this opportunity and that our listeners can do the same. So I so appreciate you taking your time and being here with us. And I always like to end my podcast with three questions. One, is there a dogma that you personally are ditching or in discovery with right now? The second question is, do you have a favorite self-love practice that's not astrology? So you have to step outside of that. And then is there a book that you gift to women that you just love, that you go back to time and time again in your life that you would like to recommend? Because I'm a big reader. I love reading books. And I'm sure there's somebody else out there that does as well. So first, the dogma. Okay. As far as the dogma goes, yes, the dogma that I have ditched is the belief that astrology is the the work of the devil, the the more I study astrology, the more I practice reading charts, 
the more I see that it is divinely created, that we are all divinely created with a specific purpose. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. So just ditch that dogma about believing that it's something less than divinely inspired. And the second question about what is the practice that I do every day, I would say it's my meditation practice that I begin every morning with at least 10 minutes of meditation, which goes into a prayer, asking for divine guidance, asking for protection, praying for people that I know could use a prayer, and just asking to be led and shown the right way. Because I do believe in angels, and I do know that we need to ask for their guidance. So that is something that I make sure that I ask every morning to lead me through another day. And then my last question oh, about books. I love to read too. I have so many books about astrology, obviously, but let's see. So one of the books that I have read over and over again through time, usually when I'm going through a difficult chapter, is this book called Where Two Worlds Touch. And it's a very spiritual book. I think the first time I read it was in 1994 or five, wow, okay. something like that. Okay. And then I lost it and then I needed it again. And so I, I bought another copy maybe about five or six years ago. It's a good book about really just understanding who your teachers are, what your classrooms are. And, mm -hmm. and the lessons that you are supposed to be learning as you're going through a difficult, difficult chapter. I will definitely check out that book because I think every woman needs to be their own guru. And the best way that you can become your own guru is to learn from other people, take what works for you, ditch what doesn't, and keep building your own path to whatever your specific journey might be. And Kate, I so appreciate the time that you've spent with us today, teaching us about astrology, making me especially curious. I signed up for your email list this morning, and I'm going to be checking out some more stuff and watching the Instagram and seeing what you're teaching. So thank you so much for spending some time with us. So today. welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This has been so much fun. Thank you for listening to Ditch the Dogma with Paula Marie Davis. Our goal is to start amazing conversations with women about what it means for her to be well and to take those conversations even further by continuing them in our community. That's why I created DitchTheDogma.Community, a space where we can explore what it truly means to be well, share our experiences, and support each other. A special thank you to our guest, Kate, for joining us today. We loved having you on the show, and I encourage our listeners to check out Kate's website and Instagram for even more inspiration. Thank you for tuning in to Ditch the Dogma. If you haven't done so already, turn on notifications for Ditch the Dogma so you won't miss our next episode. And if what you're hearing here really matters to you, please like and review this podcast and each and every episode. Now go explore and learn. Ditch the friggin' dogma that doesn't serve you and become the one and only well-being guru you will ever need. See you next week.